like to welcome you to another episode of the Lodestone Training and Consulting Podcast. My name is Jared Ross. I'm Chris Johnson. And I'm Kirk. And today we're going to be talking about the shotgun. Should be a good time. We got a lot to say about that. And we purposely uh, kept Flynn from being here because you know, we don't want any of his uh, negative Nancy comments towards uh, this platform. All right. Before we get going, we want to talk about this month's book club. Uh, since we are extremely busy this month, I think this week is the only week while we're recording this that we just have uh, a couple days off. Starting next Monday, we're going to be going straight for about three weeks with agency training, running our Safawa class, um, low light classes, as well as uh, some instructor classes for uh, a couple of PD uh, uh, firearms instructors. Um, so we're we're freaking busy. So this week we went really light. We're the book club book for this month is The Daybreakers and if you get time, Sackett. Both of them are by Louis Lamore. Both books kind of uh, relate together. So very entertaining. If you've never read them, very quick, easy reads. Again, that's The Daybreakers and Sackett, both by Louis Lamore. I like how, hey, we're really busy this month, so we're going to do a simple book. I'm like, sweet cat in the hat, <laughs> you know, green eggs and ham. And Jared's like, yeah, I got these two books. Oh, man. How is two easy? Well, I I read the f- the first book, rereading it, of course, but I read the first three chapters in under an hour. There are a lot of interesting uh, ideas and stuff in there as well. We chose it, some of the themes, but it's pretty easy reading. E- even for you, Chris, you can even read that book. You don't have to listen to it. Even you can read that book. I don't know. I don't know if I'm up to the challenge. <laughs> This might be a listen. It sounds like I got a lot of driving to do this uh, this month. Uh-huh. So there you go. I'm all about having a, a, a good book to listen to while I drive. All right. For our 30, 60, 90, 30 days out from June 22nd through 26th is our small unit tactics battle drills class. And, man, after coming off of last week, which was an incredible time, doing the SUT uh basics of patrolling i cannot wait to get out in the woods for this i mean right. I'm, I'm more excited about going out and doing this sut class than i think anything we've got coming up i, I completely second that <laughs> yeah I, i'm like speech you, you start bringing up i get excited it's like do we have to wait till june yeah <laughs> do we have any time in between now and then that we can get in the woods it's a great time uh 60 we have july 16th is our battle rifle class Again, this is there's no mouse guns here, no five five six. It's all seven six two on up. Virtually all uh, platforms uh, can you know uh, apply. I know someone's bringing uh, an M1 Grand to, to class this year. Yep. Uh, we have got a lot of FALs, Scar heavies, as well as AR10s and some Setmes and G3s and basically anything that's that 308 and above. That's what this class is for. And we do a variety of shooting from stuff that's up close, a couple feet away to uh, 50 meters, 100 meters, and then also at LCPCPC, we're going to jump over for part of the class on uh, the 300-meter range. So reach out just a little bit. That's always a fun, fun always time. Always a fun class. Yep, and extra bonus if you wear your shorty shorts to, uh, to that class. <clears throat> and then for the 90, August 9 through 13, we have our personal security series. So this is a bunch of days you can you know choose to take the entire week all five days or if you just want to pick one day or any combination of the days it's fine each day we're focusing on something specific or the first day i believe is pistol second day we focus on rifle third day shotgun fourth day we get into some some cqb a little bit some um how to clear and then uh then also we get some med training in there but the whole point of of all of that is um it's designed for 
things that are up close and in built up areas, whether it's your home, um, security officers for, uh, for houses of worship, um, schools, businesses, it's all designed for that kind of environment where you're providing security for yourself, your family, your loved ones, or potentially your, your place of business. So all the drills and everything is designed for that kind of environment to teach you how to manipulate and to use those firearms for your protection in a close or, or confined space. Again, that's a pretty good week. We ran it last year. With a lot of success. no threat targets as well. Yes. We, we really talk about that. At, last year, I thought it was phenomenal. I Really good information, definitely opened some people's eyes. And there's a lot of people out there that think they're going to be able to rise to the occasion when, uh, you know, that threat appears. If you have not had these thoughts, if you've not done these drills beforehand, it's very hard to rise to the occasion. You fall back to your uh, last level of training. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so uh, let's get on to today's podcast. So. Again, today we're going to be talking about the shotgun. First, let's start off the question. Why do people choose the shotgun for home defense? Well, <clears throat> I think a large part of it is is because the shotgun is so ingrained in American culture. You know, every I, I venture a guess that uh, most of the how, homes and houses in this country that have a firearm in them, a huge percentage of that is the shotgun. Uh, just because... It's available and it's so versatile. You know? It's inexpensive. It's inexpensive yeah. as well. Yeah. I, I found that you know when I was uh, a young married man and looking at getting a, a defensive firearm, a, a rifle, an AR, something like that. It, it was price not price exclusive or excluded, but you know, seven hundred dollars versus. $200, that's a, a considerable oh, certainly. difference certainly. when you're living on a budget. And uh, then along with that, there's a lot of myth out there about, you know, how effective a shotgun is. And a lot of that has to do with our favorite myth-driving factors of Hollywood. Yeah. You know, uh, I can be across the room, and it doesn't matter if I've got birdshot, buckshot, slugs. <laughs> I'm going to take out the six guys that just came in the room. Have you yeah. watched Hard Boiled yet? Yes. I have not watched Hardboiled. So, like I've mentioned before, you several need, times you I need to watch it. Yes. It's it's on YouTube for free, and there are some glorious shotgun scenes there with with yeah. with him, you know, shooting someone across the room with like an eight foot flame that comes out the thing, and then the guy, you know, whoever he hits, just either exploding himself or yeah. or, or yeah. again flying like twelve feet away. It's yeah, it's good, some, good some glorious stuff. work in that yes. movie as well. Yes. Very good no, no read, no need to reload. No, no, no. eight rounds, bah. <laughs> exactly. That's a exactly. extended infinite mag. Exactly. Yeah. He knew the yeah. G code. Yeah. Yep. Up, up, yep. left, right, whatever. It well, was. you know, you, you make the joke of the cheat code. So our generation, we've got Doom, right? The, uh huh. The, the classic video game. What was the gun to run around with that? The double barreled shotgun. Yes. Yep. That was yes. the thing that took care of all your problems. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, like you said, it's very much a cultural thing. Yeah. Um, well, I, and, and I, I like your, your point about the price, because not only can you, you purchase a shotgun for 200 or so dollars, the vast majority of the shotguns uh, you can purchase nowadays, you can buy additional barrels for. So you're not tied, you know, you buy an AR, you're tied to that 16 or 20 inch barrel length. Uh, you buy a 30 inch Mossberg turkey gun, and for 75 to to $100, you can buy an 18 and a half inch home defense barrel as well. It, it's... It's very versatile, very versatile. I read a 
man, I don't forget if it was a book or an article. It must have been just an article because it wasn't that long. Uh, but, but talking about how the shotgun was the firearm that won the West. Oh, it certainly was. Because of, that's what all the farmers yep. said, because it's diversity with how they can switch out the loads, use the hunt, use it to defend themselves, mm-hmm. much more so than, uh, than like the lever-action rifle or, or even pistols. It was the shotgun okay. that actually won, won the West and tamed the West. I guess that's probably more appropriately. Yeah, that, that's 100% true, and I think that's why it's so ingrained in the American yeah. psyche. And. You know, myself, when I was a, a young man, I was 18, and I purchased a Mossberg 590 for, it was in a ballpark of 200 bucks. Yeah. And still have that thing. That's, uh, and that's why I got it. You know, they're in. So that was a few years ago. Yeah. Um, I just purchased last year a, a Mossberg 590 for right around $400. Uh-huh. That's not an extreme price jump. No. No, not I mean, they, really they, and in relation to like the cost of everything else coming well, up, you know, I I built my my original FNFAL for just a little under two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. No, sorry, a little under four hundred dollars with the two hundred dollar receiver and and a hundred and seventy five dollar parts kit. That same thing now is like three grand or more. Yeah, yeah. Good good luck finding one. Yeah, good luck finding it, a yes. parts kit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think I I really think that uh, with the shotgun as ingrained as it is in, in America's psyche that this is really what people think of when they think of a home defense firearm. You know, they, they think of that classic pump shotgun mm-hmm. as being the, the defender of the home and, and family. I think there's there's some truth up to a point. And, to a and, point. And, then, and then there's a lot of misconceptions about yeah. how easy it is to use. And I think oh, that's, that, that comes to default. All I have yep. to do is, is point and click. And as yep. long as I'm clicking and, and racking that shotgun, yep. I'm going to be able to protect the, the house at home. And, you know, I, I had that experience. Uh, I know I've mentioned a couple times uh, about my wife, but prior to that, we were in bed, and this was actually the Sunday after I came home from my first deployment. So I was still all keyed up from that deployment, and uh, this guy decides, or these two guys decide to break the window next to my uh, next to my bed, right where I was sleeping. So uh, window's broken. I'm all keyed up, uh, even though it was chambered. I still uh, stuck the, the the gun like right up to the guy's head and, and pumped it. So he had that, and I I told him in some very colorful language, "You you want to come inside? I'm going to blow you away." And uh, they decided not to come inside the house. But I mean, that's it will make you reevaluate yes. your life choices. <laughs> yes, you absolutely. Know. I'll tell you that as far as firearms go, the the shotgun I think has the most um, mis- misunderstood reputation. Outside of perhaps maybe a revolver, where you just because of Hollywood, because of the the cultural uh, ability, of it, we just think that it, it's this magical thing, point and click. We don't understand the process of running it. We we talk about poor firearms choices for uh, first time shooters, women. One of the worst that we've had in a class was we had a woman that she would she took the post class. Um, using her brother's pistol and then she you know that was her first exposure to firearms was really really thrilled she wanted to get a uh, a weapon for home defense and so um she goes to her local shop and what do they sell her a 12 gauge uh shockwave oh, oh you're kidding God. me and so then she comes to the next class oh. with her brother and she brings it she was still going to use the pistol, and she was so excited. And I was the one that had to tell her, 
I mean, I'll show you how to shoot this thing, but this is the worst thing. Yeah. I mean, you would be you would be better suited to have a scar heavy. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, with the buttstock and you know it, being able to. I'm not saying that that's not a a good firearm. It has its place. But it definitely was someone not understanding and just going after that sale yeah. and not giving that client what they need. Yeah. And it it made me more upset than, you know, that lady that shows up and has the pink pistol yeah. because, you know, oh, here's your pink J-frame revolver because it's never going to fail you. Um, and again, it's people don't understand. And I'll be honest, I didn't understand. I've been around firearms professionally for 20 years now. We had shotguns when we were in the 82nd getting ready to do the invasion. They decided that they were going to the squad leaders. So the squad leaders were going to carry their M4 and a shotgun. And we had this one squad leader, great dude. He was an RI, Ranger instructor, just came back from that. He was getting ready to be promoted to be an E7. The dude was a stud. I mean, phenomenal guy. For an infantryman, outstanding, right? Well, we're getting, we're offloading the plane. We just air landed on a dirt strip in uh, Tulil, Afghanistan, or uh, Iraq, not Afghanistan, into Iraq. And uh, it's blacked out. Everyone's locked and loaded. We don't know what we're getting into. And he ADs the shotgun. <laughs> and he AD'd the shotgun because he had never used a shotgun before. Yeah. Because he had no experience with it. I own shotguns. I've used shotguns. I've, you know, gone out and shot clays and, and all that. When I took your class, <laughs> I learned all the things I didn't know about a shotgun. Yeah. And, you know, I, I came away a better person for it. Heck yeah. A lot more respect for the weapon system. And honestly, prior to that, I was kind of like Flynn, like it's a dorky. Like I have shotguns for hobby shooting clay pigeons, you know, and <laughs> well, if I need to yeah. break down a door uh, loudly and I don't have demo. Uh, after taking your class, I'm like, okay, there is a use for this. There is a, yeah. a, a place for this in my overall scheme of, of how I handle my weapons. Still not going to do three gun, but yeah. Yeah. it does it does yeah. exist. Bro, so I, I know I've mentioned my uh, my buddy, my battle buddy, Darren, a couple times here on, on the podcast. And, and I know he's going to listen to this too, and he'll remember this. Same deal. We show up to Afghanistan late 2002. They gave us shotguns. They give them to the squad leaders, and then on top of that, they, like, chop the barrels and then took off the butt stuck. So all that we have are, are these little, like, your pistol grips, and that's it. Yeah, some shorty little things. So yeah. so we're there. We, we show up. We're at, at, at the fire base, and then we, I don't know, what the first day, second day, whenever, we've got the test fire weapons. We confirm zeros and everything. So there's our squad leader. And uh, both he and I, Darren and I, are looking at, this, at him as he, like, first he starts on his hip. I'm going to hip fire this thing. And then he, like, realizes, okay, that's not right. I'm doing something wrong. So then he, like, slowly brings the gun up, and he's at full extended, and he's looking down at the, at the, the barrel. And then he's like, no, that doesn't look right either. So he starts to bring it back towards his face, towards his eye, so he can aim. And then right before he, he pulls the trigger and smacks himself in the face, uh, we went up and, you know, grabbed a shotgun. No, you don't want to do that. Yeah. Because he just, he didn't have a clue. No. You know, they just gave him this, this tool. Here you go. It, it's short cuz. Why? We don't know, but that's what you do. It doesn't have a, a buttstock. Why? I don't know, because because guess what? what exactly. Yeah. I saw it in a movie once. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, good stuff. So what are some of the different uh, types and, and options 
Four well, shotguns. Well, Chris had a, a great uh, comment with the uh, uh, the hobby gun. Because uh-huh. I think a, a large majority of the shotguns that you find nowadays are hobby guns. You know, they're for hunting uh, and shooting clays and that kind of thing. So they're going to be uh, long barrels with relatively small magazine capacity, right? Uh, I think the type we're going to focus on most today is, is more related to uh, uh, home defense and, and how, we're, how we use them and how we pick them as well. Yeah. Now, there's kind of a gray category in there when we talk about the competition shotguns because a lot of the competition shortgun, shotguns do tend to be a little shorter. They tend to be 22 to 24 inches with a, a giant magazine uh, just to make them a little more maneuverable and just to make them easier to use. And those can transition pretty easily into, into a home defense uh, situation uh, as long as you realize, like, spending $3,000 on a competition shotgun to throw it under your bed and, and hope that it works when you really need it. It is not the best of ideas, <laughs> yeah. you know? So. Well, I'll tell you, um, one of my mentors, Mr. Bly, he does the Cowboy 3 gun. Yeah. And those guys know how to work a shotgun. I, th- whether they're doing the double barrels, but he uses the lever action shotgun. Yeah, the 1887 probably. Yeah, that yep. thing is, it is a joy to watch that man run that gun. Yep. It's, it's amazing whenever you watch those cowboy action guys uh, running a pump gun or even running a double. They just, I mean, that's, that's tens of thousands of repetitions getting that practice yeah. in. And it's amazing. So, so why I bring that up is you're talking about the um, different styles and d- different things what are the different styles of shotguns? Let, let's let's talk well, about that. You know, you, you have your, your traditional double, uh, or even single. So your your, your breech action, yep. You know, break open, our, our single or double Western. barrel, yeah, single or double barrel. You know, the old Wells Fargo. Uh, uh, now I'm going to throw this out there because I get it every time I take Jared's boys anywhere. <laughs> One of them will step out, and it's like a fight because mm-hmm. you know, and they'll scream shotgun at the top of their lungs. Ben got it last night. It was hilarious uh, because this little tiny boy, you know, and his big brother crammed in the back seat. I thought that was funny. Um, but you know where that term comes from? No. What's Stage, Shot, stagecoach. Yeah, yeah from the, the stagecoach. Oh, yeah, yeah, the guy yeah, yeah, that, yeah. The guy that rode shotgun, yeah. he was yeah, carrying yeah, yeah, the yeah. shotgun. Yeah. I'm pulling security. Yeah, yeah. And so I've had that conversation with, you know, especially teenagers and stuff when they, they call out. I'm like, okay, you know what you're calling. You're saying I'm pulling security. You're saying that I have, I've got you yeah. covered so you can focus on the trail and you can drive those horses. Don't worry about the, the stagecoach robbers and the, the mm-hmm. Indians. I've got you, buddy. You should hand him a nice break open 10 gauge. What movie was that? What movie was that? Appaloosa, which I didn't think that was that good of a movie. But uh, what's his name? Aragorn? Mm-hmm. Uh, from Lord of the Rings. Oh, uh, Vigo Morton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had some ginormous 10-gauge uh, yeah. shotgun in that movie. Well, you know, you got to remember that, that that period when you're using black powder cartridges, you know, the more yeah. bigger you have, because yeah. you can't drive this stuff any faster, uh, but the bigger the bigger charge, the, the, the bigger actual load you have, the better off you're going to be. Anytime yeah. anyone brings up the 10-gauge, and I'm getting nerd out a little bit on the shotgun here. There was an old team leader, uh, like circa 80s, like mm-hmm. moved um, fifth group to Fort Campbell. Okay. Okay. Like that long ago. He's now, or he was the um, chief law enforcement officer federally for the middle Kentucky, Tennessee area. Okay. 
Um, and he has this ranch down there in Middle Tennessee where we've got to go do training. He hooked fifth group up a lot. He hooked a lot of different units up. While we were there, he has his great-granddad's 10-gauge that they used to use to put food on the table. Yeah. And it's a big deal that it's still working, and he goes out and shoots clays with and stuff like that, and he'll go to these competitions, and people will have these, you know, $100,000 shotguns at this oh, competition. Yeah. And he's like, this thing is like, you know, Sears Roebuck special. Yep. You know, 295 and Grandpa saved up for that, but that's how he fed his family. And look what we've achieved. It, to him, it's his like Scrooge McDuck dime. You know, it's like this this heirloom that signifies that they were literally the dirt farmers yeah. of the South. You know, they were yeah. poorer than anything, but through hard work, he and his family have achieved this. That they own this huge vacation property, yeah. and so it's hung up in the vacation property. And it, he takes it out and shoots it. Cool. And I just think that is so awesome. He he, he makes sure that's maintained. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's that's America right there. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because I think that the break action, double and single action uh, or barrel shotguns have kind of been displaced in that family heirloom status by uh, the more ubiquitous pump action shotgun mm-hmm. now. You know, because it takes, if you watch, you follow cowboy action shooting, it takes a considerable amount of skill to reload those double barrel shotguns quickly. Uh, and I... A lot of that skill has been lost, uh, both through uh, age attrition, you know, people get older, and just because the pump shotgun is so much easier. I don't know. Um, I, I've seen uh, Ashley, uh, he, he, he used that thing fairly effectively, yeah. both in, what, Evil Dead and Army of Darkness. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Shop smart, shop smart. That's right. Uh, but uh, so, so today, I, I think that... The, class of shotgun that you're most likely to run across is going to be the pump action shotgun yeah it's at least when you say a shotgun that's, yeah, what, that's most what most people picture in their mind yeah and i, th- I think sound. we can thank hollywood for that yeah yeah uh, well and going back to that my experience i mean if i really wanted to i could have just clicked and pulled the trigger yeah. and, and defended the house but what did i do i wanted that pump even though it was chambered that rack so the guy not only did you see this big 12 gauge barrel like right close to his head uh, he heard that sound, and it was more, I think, that sound is what deterred him from, I'm not going to yeah. be attempting to enter this home this evening. Yeah, and probably the angry guy behind well, that Brett probably yeah. had something to do with Maybe. it as well. Yeah. So so you have your pump action, and uh, the, the type, uh, the, the final, well, you know, lever action, but I, I don't think anybody makes a new lever action shotgun anymore. Uh, then you have semi-autos. And in my experience... Uh, both personally and, and, and being out and doing stuff, I, I would have to say semi-autos, unless you're purchasing it for a specific reason. You know, you're going duck hunting with it, you're going to shoot three-gun with it. I would pass on the semi-auto because uh, I very rarely have seen one that will run everything yeah. reliably. You know, and, and every shotgun class where I've had somebody bring a semi-auto, the first question I ask them is, did you bring another gun? <laughs> and, and they get all offended. I'm like, I'm, I've never had one get through class, and that includes mine. You know. Well, from my experience, just you know, talking for myself. So I, I bought that Mossberg 590. I've purchased multiple shotguns since then. Uh, I've got a got a nice Sega um, that had a little bit of work done on it. I shoot right behind me. It's oh, not right behind, behind me. Oh, you stole it? Yeah, sitting over here. So I, I've got my new uh, SBS. 
you know, which is a, a semi-auto that I've been working with. Um, so I, I have these ones, but what's the one that is close at hand? Granted, if I have a choice, I'm going to go to my AR. Yeah. But it's that, that same Mossberg that I bought when I was 18 years old. Yeah. That's the one that I still, if I need to go to a shotgun, that's the one I'm going to rely on. Well, the, the, the pump-action shotgun is the revolver of the, uh, the shotgun world. You know, if it doesn't fire the first time, you just make it work. You know, you rack the action and, and you go back to work. I think they're actually more reliable than a revolver. You know. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you got to throw that revolver hate out there. Uh, yeah, all the revolver hate. Uh, so, you know, if, if, if we're talking about, you know, what's the best thing to buy, I really think you have to look at whatever application you're looking for. You know, if you're looking for a home defense shotgun, you cannot go wrong with an 18 and a half inch to 20 inch barreled shotgun pump shotgun, you know, uh, going out and buying a, a, a semi-auto, I think is, is not the best of ideas because odds are good if you are practicing with, with that shotgun, which you definitely should be, you're going to be going to Walmart and buying the cheapest box of low brass mm -hmm. 12, grade, 12, 12 gauge birdshot that you can, and it's not going to run a semi-auto, you know. I, I like to relate things to cars because everyone seems to understand cars. Shotguns are pickup trucks. Yeah. And uh, you get some of these really high-end uh, mm -hmm. game guns that are, uh, you know, it's a Ford F-150, but it has all the limited package in it. Yeah. And you're not going to want to put any dirt in the bed no. of that truck ever. No. You know, you wash your feet before you get into the truck. Um <laughs> And that, that's kind of thing. If that's what you're buying it for, if you're buying it for, I am a competition clay shooter, yeah. and I am only ever going to shoot this particular load through it, okay, you know yeah. that that's that's definitely a thing. I'm a real estate agent, and I want to take people around in a fancy car, uh, but I still need four wheel drive. Yep. Then you get that F-150 with all the limited package. Oh, and totally, totally. I think for most people, though. Uh, a nice, relatively short barrel pump is, is going to be what they're looking for. So Jared mentioned the uh, the Saiga. Oh god! And I know that everyone has had issues with the Saiga. Me personally, and you know, I'm not a big AK guy. Yeah. But I have to admit, I am a Saiga guy. I just <laughs> I, there's something about that that I love. So a few years ago, I did really, really well on my language test, and as a reward for doing so well. Uh, you actually got paid? Or I got I was getting paid before, but I got paid even more. Okay. That's, I, that's okay, how much better I did. Uh -huh. uh, my wife and I were at a sporting goods store, and they had a uh, JTS. It's a Chinese knockoff. Yep. Um, Saiga, and she's like, Chris, it's 300 bucks. Just get the stupid thing. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, I don't know, because I, I wanted a Saiga. I want an actual Saiga or yeah. a, a Vepper, and, you know, yeah. can't find it. So I got it. And that thing has run everything I've put it through. Yeah. It is like it's the car that runs on Mexican gas. Yep. I mean, I can, it, it, 77 octane, sure, why not? Low brass, okay. High brass, okay. And, it, you know, everything I read, because I was like, oh, it's got to have a break-in period. And I know Saigas are temperamental. Mm -hmm. My only complaint about it is it only will use that style magazine. It will yeah. take the other magazines. But not effectively, and you got to wedge and play around with yeah. um, and it won't take yeah. the drums. Uh, but that is such a fun oh, yeah. toy. Oh, yeah. 
it's enjoyable to shoot. Well, and, and for those not familiar with this pattern, this is the, the, the uh, AK-style shotgun. Yes. Uh, that uses that same gas system uh, with a detachable box magazine. And I would be willing to bet if we were to take a good look at that, that JTS, we would find that it is so ridiculously over-gassed. It actually has um, uh, three gas settings. Three gas settings? There yes. you go. It's adjustable um, gas. So Yeah, it's adjustable yeah. gas, which I found that I've played around with depending on what loads I'm oh, putting. Oh, you, you have to. Just, just, yeah. to, just to see. And yes, I can put it on the over-gas setting, and it's yep. going to run everything. Everything you want. Yep. Yeah. And then, you know, if the, the daughters want to shoot it, I tone it down, and yeah. <laughs> I put the uh, nine shot in there, low brass, and yep. it runs. Yeah. You know. There's a lot to be said for that. Yeah. There, there really is. Now, I, I know I had an experience at a class where somebody showed up with a, uh, a red jacket firearms, you know, never been done before, uh-huh. uh, uh, Sega clone. Uh, that he had paid the princely sum of $2,000 for. How long did that one last in class? Very quickly went. Yeah. And then not only, first of all, you know, like, like most AK-47s, they're made of razor blades. So there is no good way to manipulate them because everything's sharp. Uh-huh. Right. So this was completely made of razor blades. I bled on it. He bled on it. Uh, it ran okay, but... I don't know if they, they made a mistake when they were welding the trigger guard in, uh, but... The no, mag- wait a minute, wait a minute. This isn't Leonidas, is it? No, it oh, okay, isn't. okay. It because isn't. I know he has one that yeah. he struggled yeah. with. Yeah, they When they welded the trigger guard with this one, they, they tweaked it out too far, so you literally had to, you know, muscle that magazine in until it clicked. And then you had to beat it out of there. Well, you know, you couldn't release the head I will tell everyone that I'm sure I have the unicorn. Yeah. I'm sure that all of the ones that got made in that batch, you know, normally Chin and, and Lee, they, they make them. But they brought in, you know, yeah. someone else. And he is like the grandmaster. And he uh-huh. just, just to show them, like, this is what it should look like. And they were like, okay, I'm not going to paint enough for this. So I'm just going to keep doing the way I'm doing it. Yeah. I got yeah. the good one. Yeah, well, and it, it is a simple gas system. You know, yeah. three settings, it, it works pretty well. Uh, again, not something I'd recommend, like, to, to purchase to, to no, protect yeah. your house and throw it up. I, I think we, we can all agree, yeah. get a pump shotgun. And yeah. I not that we're endorsing any one over the other, but Mossberg is a pretty... Uh, I think Mossberg it, Master Race, and, yes. And I didn't really fully understand that mm-hmm. until I went through your class. Now, I'd use the Mossbergs for work purposes. Yeah, the, the chop down 500s. Ch- yeah, yeah, and we were using that. We ran it dry husk, you know, empty chamber. You'd pump, hit the lock or whatever you're doing, yeah. and then leave it dry. That was the, the SOP that we had. And it changed back and forth every now and yeah. then. But that was one that... Depending on what Sephardic was teaching what at Sephardic the time. What Sephardic was yeah. teaching. Yeah. But pretty much constantly throughout my 14 years in group, that's what... Uh, my teams always ran. It wasn't until I took your class where I was like, that safety is so much better. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So much well, better. Let's, let's go there then. Um, what's everyone's background when it comes to, you know, keep going. What Do you have anything more with your background with, with shotguns? Well, I'll tell you my first experience okay. with shotguns. Yeah. It's kind of one of my first experiences with guns. Um, we were in Utah. I can't remember if we had just moved there or if it was the year before we moved there. Uh, it was Thanksgiving time and we went to Manti. It's this little tiny small town. And our family, close family friends, they had invited us to their like family's family's Thanksgiving. Mm. So we were already like out there, you know? 
and all the men go pheasant hunting. Well, the ladies prepare the turkeys. So my brothers and I, older brother, nine years older than I, my younger brother, two years younger than I, we're in this field walking with these men who all have shotguns. And they were flagging everyone mm-hmm. and shooting everything. It was coming from a kid who grew up in California um, who had very, very limited knowledge of guns. It was a terrifying experience. Oh, yeah. I mean, I it was one of those, you know, you look back and you're like, it was surely by the grace of God that no one was injured. Just the weapons handling was atrocious. Uh, the, the respect for the firearms non-existent mm-hmm. you know you, the the dogs would bark and they'd spin a gun around and, and blast because oh there might have been a bird that way what <laughs> you know and i didn't know any better at the time it was it was yeah whoa um and they kept oh you want to shoot it no i want to go home yeah. like yeah i want to go away from you guys uh so it was years years before i fired a shotgun um after that i mean i was almost out of high school before I fired a shotgun because that was such a impact of, you know, oh, yeah. horrifying incident. You know, so when I can relate to other students when they come in and they, they've had that really bad gun experience. I'm like, I had one, but then I've had a lot of really good ones since. So we just need to really pack you full of good gun experiences uh, and, and you'll be okay. Yeah. So there's where my hatred for the shotgun began. <laughs> now, now you know. Near-death experience. Near-death experience. Yeah. Okay, I'm well, good with that. Well, for me, like I said, I, I bought one, Mossberg 590. And why did I get the 590? Because it had a heat shield because I could put a bayonet on it. That was the that was, that was the deciding the, factor okay. for me. That's why I wanted that one. When Nothing I was at, says wrong house more than, you know, 11 inches of steel being uh-huh. rammed into your gut. Yep. Followed up with, you know, double up. That's right. Yep. So I had that, and other than... Loading it up because you know you could have nine rounds with that oh, yeah. thing. Um, loading the thing up and, and shooting at paper targets at the range, I, I really didn't do much. It wasn't until I got into the military, and even then with the 82nd, I never really shot the shotguns. Like I mentioned before, if there's a shotgun, it probably went to a team leader or to a squad leader. I never carried that thing. And, and in our uh time in Afghanistan, I don't think anyone used it once, at least not with my platoon, to, to breach anything. It wasn't until I, I got the group where I we had those, you know, same things. We had those Mossberg 500s, short barrels. I think we maybe had three rounds. I think that was probably it. And then without a buttstock, just with a, uh, a pistol grip. And that was that was the master key. Yeah. Um, we would roll. I would roll. I had a flex linear in one of my uh, cargo pockets and had the shotgun on me. And if I saw hinges, well, I'm putting the flex linear up. If I didn't see hinges, then I was going to use that shotgun, 45, 45, you know, 45 degree angle up, 45 degree angle towards the uh, the lock, and I would one shot and, and defeat that lock, and then we'd be getting into the room. That really was was it. Um, never used the shotgun for for anything else. Uh, so then that Kirk, yeah, well, that leads I, us to you. Uh, I started shooting shotgun probably about 12 or 13, and I started out with a, a 30 inch barreled. Uh, Winchester model 19, oh, 1897, 1897 pump gun. It, you know, one of the was it taller than you? Yes, yes. One of the first truly successful pump shotguns. Is it still taller than you? No. But oh, okay, only, good. Only by good. a few inches. <laughs> uh, and it, it kind of it went from there. Uh, the first shotgun I, I actually purchased, I, I went a little classier than, than that. La ti da. La ti da. I bought a, uh, a Japanese-made Browning Auto Five. 
which is a, a fine choice in a semi-automatic and perhaps the only semi-automatic I could in good conscience uh, recommend. And I still have that Auto 5. It's got a shorter barrel and a giant magazine tube <laughs> on it now. Uh, and it, it actually makes quite a good three-gun shotgun. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I, I, too, bought a Mossberg 590 for the house because I, too, think the idea of uh, 11 inches of steel is uh, enough to make most people reconsider their life choices. <laughs> and, uh, and have kind of somehow, I've, I've never consciously gone out to purchase shotguns, but they've always just kind of shown up. You know, uh, we bought... Uh, as a group a while back, those uh, uh, the Remington 870s that I got for uh, like $170 a piece yeah. because they're old jail yeah. surplus. Uh, so I think I might have accidentally bought five or six of them. So <laughs> after I distributed them, I still have three or four left. Is that? That's Josie's That's gun. Josie's yeah. gun? Okay. Yeah. That's one of Josie's guns. So uh, I've been shooting pump, gun- pump guns quite a while, and I really started putting the time in when I started shooting three gun uh, because I was shooting heavy metal at the time, which is a 45 caliber pistol, a 308 rifle, and a 12 gauge pump shotgun. And if there's anything that's going to make you uh, learn how to run a pump gun, it, it's doing it under a timer uh, because it is it is a, quite a skill. You know, it's not. Uh, uh, something that you, you uh, can instantly do. And I went with Mossberg because, again, uh, that safety, when you have to manipulate the shotgun, it's much easier to manipulate that shotgun with either thumb rather than having to, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, I, maybe, maybe I'm mentally deficient somewhere. That's, that's been suggested in the past. <laughs> but I definitely have a problem with the Remingtons remembering when I push that safety in, which, which way which which way is safe? Mm-hmm. You know, okay, I, I, I think I turned it on, or did I turn I, it off? I still have to default to, to check to see where where's the red. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, if, you know, if you happen to have shotguns that are perhaps not so loved and uh, a little older, you know, you really have to look because the red's rubbed off. Yeah. So uh, that's that's been my experience. And then we got together, the first class you and I taught together was a shotgun yes. class. Yes, yes. And uh, we, we kind of went from there and fused... Uh, uh, the, the whole combat marksmanship idea with the use of the shotgun. Well, and that, that's really what I wanted to do is wanted to take those those principles of, of being in a fight yep. um, and then very similar to what we do with the pistol and, and with the rifle, but then tailor that or fuse that to, to how to run a shotgun. Yeah. And I think that working together um, with that end state in mind, with that end goal in mind of how's the best way we, a person can run their shotgun to yep. defend themselves um, that really created a, a pretty good course of fire. Yeah, I, I think that the, the course of, you know, stepping back and not being the guy who teaches it, uh, I think the course really gives you a, a really firm foundation. I mean, do we do as many combat marksmanship drills with a shotgun in a day as we do with the, the, the uh, carbine? We try, but a big part of that course is manipulating that shotgun. Yeah. You know, I can show you how to, to reload a carbine in 10 minutes, and you can be pretty good at it. Uh, the loading a shotgun is, is a whole different piece it's, of keeping it's that It's like fed. anything. It's learning the manual of arms yeah. for it. And it is a bit more complicated. Yeah. It's it's not throwing a magazine in and, no. and running it. Well, and I think that's where um, the the truth that it's an easier platform to run and then the myth, it's an easier platform, platform to run, to run. You know, yeah. c- comes into play. So you can have that person who 
has a shotgun, that pump shotgun, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe they do have it loaded, and maybe it is ready to defend themselves. Well, after they go through the that three rounds, yeah. four rounds, whatever, if crazy like with my 590, you know, that nine rounds, then what? And I think that's where people don't think any further than that. And yeah. that's where this course, if you, you know, if you if you want to go beyond pulling the trigger and pumping it three or four times, then that's what what this yeah. course is for. Yeah, this is definitely about fighting with a shotgun. Yeah. You know, and a big part, unfortunately, a big part of fighting with a shotgun is keeping it fed. Yeah. You know. And so. getting the the experience how to do things in the proper order yeah. is going to help you. Because I've practiced reloads on a shotgun a handful of times before I took that course. Mm-hmm. You know, I've tried to, you know, watch the videos and, uh-huh. okay, it, you know, dagger striking him in or two in a hand or four <laughs> in a hand. What what works for me? And I think I have normal size hands. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I always seem to struggle going to that class and learning good techniques and having someone sit there and watch, you know, your fingers are getting in the way, you know, yeah. do this, change this. It helped me a lot. So then since then, when I've been doing my practices, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And, you know, I, I definitely, I know what right looks like. Yeah. So I can, I can keep training myself towards that right. That seems to be a, a recurring theme in a lot of our classes, doing CQB. You need to know what right looks like. Mm-hmm. Then you can then do whatever. You can, then you can do it. Then you can practice it. This guy's last week out at the SUT course. You need to know what right looks like. This is what a wedge looks like. This is what a file looks like. This is what a short halt looks like. And after they know what right looks like, then they can uh, they can progress. They can advance. And and I think this shotgun class, like those other classes, you can watch YouTube all you want. You're not going to know until you're out there actually doing it and experiencing that. That's when you're really going to learn. Yeah. Well, I say. Jump, jumping on YouTube, I, I saw a guy, and they're saying how it doesn't matter your footwork. Don't pay attention to your footwork because in a fight, in all my experiences, that I never once paid attention to my, my footwork. And I thought, okay, I may not have initially paid attention to my footwork, but because I know what right is. When I landed on the wrong foot, but I still had to take the shot, I took the shot. But the moment I could fix myself, I fixed myself. And you did that subconsciously. Subconsciously. Didn't you? Yep. It wasn't a process thought. Yeah. It's like, oh, you never looked down your sights in a gunfight. I, I, you hear that in LA all the time. Well, no. I've, I've looked down my sights. I look at that red dot. I know where that bullet's going. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and seeing how it's right, and one of the problems with, with watching something like that on, on YouTube is uh, number one, uh, there's a lot of different ways. There's a lot of different techniques to do this. And number two, you're never, they, at least in my experience, the camera angle is always wrong for what I want to see. You know, when the guy's loading the shotgun, I want to see, well, where's his thumb on the base of that shell? Well, I can't see that because the camera angle's wrong. But at class, you know, we can we can look at what you're doing and we can move your hands because you know what you know what a, a, a nag I was about the, just the way you're holding oh, yeah, the shell yeah. in your hand. And, and for good reason. Yeah. yeah. Because, because it's what works. It, it's what works, and it gets you better at the manual of arms. Yeah. yeah. Weird thing, you know, I found out that I'm better shooting the shotgun left shoulder. <laughs> I am extremely right side dominant, and yet because of injuries and dexterity, I seem to do better yeah. running the shotgun backwards, you know, well, running on the, the left arm. And and it's funny because the, the way I, I teach those relays, reloads, they call them weak hand reloads. And you think about it, you are trying to perform a dexterous action. 
you, if you're right-handed and you have the shotgun in your right hand, you are trying to perform a dexterous action with your weak hand, you know, and not everybody's good at that, you know. It's not just taking a magazine out of a pouch, putting it in a, yep. a, a magazine. Well, it's juggling three or four shotgun shells at a time, trying to get them into that little hole and keeping them all in your hand. So it, It's like playing yeah. the piano. I mean, yeah. you're, you're doing a lot more than just tapping on the drums. Yep. You know, not saying that playing the drums is as easy as I can't do either, but uh, you all know I have no rhythm. Yeah, <laughs> amen to that. <laughs> so and I can't count. Let's go ahead and, and talk us through the shotgun class. Well, give us the, uh, you know a brief outline. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we do uh, uh, when you show up. We do our normal safety talk. Uh, we talk about the eight principles of combat marksmanship, and then uh, we start talking about uh, uh, what you really need to run the shotgun from a defensive standpoint. Uh, I've I've taught this shotgun class for a long time, and I've had people show up with some really crazy ways to carry their shells or uh, slings and that kind of thing. And things that look good on paper don't always necessarily work out real well in the real world. And so we talk about what's best, how to do shell carriage, because let's face it, shell so carriage... So I shouldn't carry them in the little ties on my hat? Ties on, on your hat? Yeah. You can but it's not going to be the fastest. I, I, I love when guys show up with, with the big vests with all the shells on them, you know, because that, you know, that, that's great for admin reloads, but, man, that is, that is slow to, to reload. Or, you know, when, when people use the, uh, the old-school wrist mounts, the big wrist gauntlet with all the shells in it, the old-school shotgun competition thing, that's fast, but, wow, you know, that's a lot of weight hanging off your arm, and... I'm not the world's most coordinated person. You know, I run into doorways on my own uh, <laughs> without having anything attached to me. And, and having that sort of thing hanging off uh, is a problem. So we talk about that. And then the first drills we actually do aren't even live fire drills. I dig out my, my snap caps and we start doing uh, loading drills with uh, my uh, Azum aluminum snap caps. And we do those loading drills for a long time because... This is what the real meat and potatoes uh, of working a pump shotgun is all about. Everybody can work a pump and pull the trigger, uh, but it, it's loading that chamber from empty and getting those magazines into that tube magazine that can present a real challenge. Josie, uh, I've been feeding his uh, his collection. Yeah. So he, I think he has like eight or nine or, or so of those now. But Oh, really? Yeah, that he's Good. Been, been playing with. Good. Really, uh, uh, I think... 12 is a good number yeah. because that gives you eight to play with and then four spares for when you have to throw the ones gotcha. you play I, I think they have a, a couple of them downstairs in yeah. Atlanco. I'll, I'll pick some up before the day's out. Yeah, and, and the nice thing about the aluminum ones is they tend to last. You know, So we, we, we talk about the, the open chamber reloads and, and magazine reloads, and we do a lot of dry work with them. Uh, I really prefer to do that reload work with snap caps because uh, there's a lot of pooling of triggers and the only way you're really going to get the whole experience of doing empty, empty chamber reloads and, and magazine reloads is by pulling the trigger. So snap caps are, are really the way to go there. Uh, once we get that done, we'll usually go and, and we'll do some drills where we're doing uh, uh, threat calls or target identification or something along those lines. Are you doing any patterning? Well, we do patterning, yeah. Okay. We, we, we'll do patterning well, first. And, and what, what is patterning? So, the list, those who don't know, 
see, I always tend to skip over pattern because it's dull. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, when I'm talking about it, we, we do do it in every class. Uh, a patterning, for patterning, what we'll do is we'll shoot a, a buckshot at uh, like 5, 10, and 20 yards uh, just to see. It gives a good example because one of the big myths about shotguns is that no matter what you do, you pull the trigger, as long as the gun's pointed in the right direction, you're gonna hit what you're shooting at. And that, that really isn't true. Uh, and you know the importance of, of patterning, knowing what your shotgun does at certain ranges with a certain brand of buckshot is, is really important. Yeah. So uh, uh, we'll start at, at, at 20 and move to 10 and move to five, uh, shooting at these various distances with our buckshot just to see how reliable this stuff is. Uh, and, you know, we'll talk about talk about ammunition a little later. Okay. And, you know, ammunition choices and that sort of thing. But it is very, very important that you know, within a certain degree of reliability, where the, those pellets are going to hit when you pull the trigger. And that, that's what patterning does for you. It's not sexy. It's not fun. No, but it's... But it's, it's got to be done. It, it, it's, it's important. Yeah, it's, it's essential. Important, you know? It, and for that person who, you know, if that is their primary thing, they need to know, well, if I'm going to pull a trigger inside my bedroom, yeah. what's what's the pattern going to look like? How yep. much is going to spread? If I'm shooting it down my hallway into the living room, what's the spread yep. going to be like? So that's essential information that people need. Yeah. So what's the biggest thing you've ever patterned? Like, like gauge-wise? Yeah, yeah. Well, that would be the, the, the 10 gauge. I have the feeling you're going to talk about 105 millimeter or something or another. No. Okay. No. You know, I've tried and I've looked and I've asked for those uh, 40 mic mic flechette rounds, but I, I never did get, get issued those. I think the biggest thing I got was uh, not even like buckshot 40 mic mic, but the, um, the little rubber BBs. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's where you're going. No. They're all goosed off. Oh, Kyle oh, Gustav. Okay, yeah, so yeah, the, 80, 80 some millimeter. Yeah, the, okay. the flesh shit round on uh, the uh, the eighty four millimeter. Never, Kyle Gustav. Never did that. Um, yeah. We had flechette rounds. We had a bunch of flechette <sighs> rounds, and my team sergeant looked at me. He's like, "Chris, what's the spread on that?" And I was like, "I don't know." So I took. Uh, now, of course, this was not current pricing for. Uh, plywood mm -hmm. uh, because if you've looked at Home Depot lately it's like $90 for a sheet it's of plywood it's ridiculous yeah um, I took four sheets of plywood and I stacked them 16 by 8 mm -hmm. and on our 25 meter flat range <laughs> I fired a Carl Gustav <laughs> and patterned it oh, and uh, you know uh, surprisingly at, uh, at 25 meters it's um, it's really tight yeah, it's you still know, a big lump, isn't it? Yeah, surprisingly, it's, uh, yeah. you know, I'd say uh, smaller than a basketball. Yeah. Um, now you back it out to 100, <laughs> and uh, because we did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we had we had in almost every sheet. Well, we had flechettes in every sheet of plywood, probably in every every square foot. Yeah. Uh, there out towards the sides, it was starting to get a little, you know, sparse, but yeah. still pretty good center in the middle. and. Well, you, know, um, you can just screw a choke in there, right? right? Yeah, you just yeah. Choke you know, that up um, a little bit. Man, it, that was. <sighs> you know, you you need to thank the American taxpayer. You better thank our listeners right now for paying yeah. for that. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, what do you mean you're welcome? You should be thanking. Them. No, no, no. They they're glad that I have uh -huh. the ability to to use that yeah. weapon yep. system and have that knowledge in, in yes. a role that it wasn't really designed for. <laughs> yep. Well, you know, we had them, and. 
we had the question of why. Why did the team before us order these? Mm -hmm. Why did someone feel that in our current position, why is that necessary? You know, I mean, anti-personnel, we're not finding the Mongolian horde here. Yeah. Um, And then it was a struggle because we were trying to get, you know, actual, like, HE rounds, things that we could use. Um, We had a lot of open desert that we, we worked with, and we did a lot of bunker busting stuff. Yeah. Which would have been great to have the Carl Gustavs for. Instead, we've got boxes of these flechette rounds. <laughs> but someone thought it was cool. Well, and you know, that's just another great example of why patterning is important. Yes, yes, yeah. you know, yes it is. You know, uh, So after we do patterning, uh, we move to uh, empty chamber reloads. We do a couple of drills with empty chamber reloads. Uh, then we do a couple of drills where the gun starts dry and you load the magazine. And uh, then we move to just keeping the shotgun fed. And, and after that, we, we move towards uh, uh, more combat marksmanship-oriented drills where uh, it's then your job to keep that shotgun fed. And if you show up with a four- or five-round magazine in your shotgun, you're, you're definitely going to be getting the, the iterations in to learn that uh, uh, loading. Well, you know, I've helped create the class. Mm-hmm. I've ran with, with that Mossberg, mm-hmm. and I think a Winchester one time. Yeah, I, the I ran with them, Yeah, with a, with a pump. But uh, I'm planning on taking that, that shorty uh, semi-auto and, and running that just to, to get a feel for it. Yeah. Have you run that with birdshot yet? I might not be able to use birdshot. I might have yeah, to use something say, else. Yeah. yeah, that might not work. Yeah, well, that's so that's why be, I'm taking the thing out. Yeah. That, that uh, might be a buckshot-only gun. That's, that's what, 12 inches? Yeah. I think it might be a little less than that. But. Okay, okay. Yeah, it might be a buckshot-only gun. And that's, again, that's one of the things with semi-autos. They're, they can be very ammunition uh, finicky. Yep. You know, so uh, a pump gun's the way to go. So, yeah. go cost, cost is only $600 per round. $600? Right? $600 for a shotgun Essentially, yeah, thought, a good that's Mossberg for, shotgun. For, yeah. that's, now, the higher-end rounds are running around 3K, but, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so really, you just had a lot of, the equivalent of a lot of birdshot rounds for yeah. practice. Yes, yeah. exactly. You didn't want yes. to waste the money on the slugs or the, or the yeah. double-out buck. Right, yeah. there right. you go. I, I, I do kind of regret that I can't go to Walmart and, you know, get down a big box and, Carl Gustav flechette rounds and put them in my cart, you know? Again, I believe that if you feel that you need a Carl Gustav, you should be able to go into Walmart or yeah. or Best Buy or wherever and be like, can I have the one in blue? Yeah. Uh, you know, because... The tall brass flechettes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so a lot of the day with this class is spent working with manipulation and uh, uh, learning the nuances of, of loading and even how to load from your carriage gear because that's a big part of it. One of the things I always tell people when they say, well, what do I, what do I need to come to this class? And, you know, the, the obvious answer is a shotgun uh, and shells, some way to carry those shells. And what you're really going to want is you're going to want some sort of side saddle so that you can keep those shells on the shotgun. Because, you know, one of the big problems with shotguns is it's very unlikely you're going to have a shotgun with with more than a nine-round magazine. So keeping the shells on the gun is really, really important, just so you can have reloads if you need them. Now, my 590A1 uh, has uh, the big magazine. It has the speed feed stock, so there's four shells in the stock. Then I have... uh, 
oh Lord, I believe it's a six round side saddle on it. And then I have a match saver on the pump. So when that gun is fully loaded, it's nearly an entire box of birdshot on that yeah. gun. And it's a boat anchor. It's a boat anchor, you know. So I understand that, but you really need to have a side saddle. If you're going to use a shotgun for self-defense and for home defense, you really need a side saddle. If nothing else, it gives you the opportunity to switch between ammunition types. And that's one of the things that I know near the end of the class, you get into different options where you need to buckshot or slug makes more sense. So people are manipulating the gun and getting out the round, removing the round, I should say, that they don't need and then replacing it with with the appropriate one. Yeah, that's... That's important. That that's an important drill, and it's it's one where there's so many different ways to do it. I, I teach two techniques. I teach my preferred technique where I just get the round out, get the new round in. Yeah. And then there's uh, the old school technique where you you know you change your grip on your gum gun. Not you can change your the grip on your gum too, but it's the gun you want to change yeah. the grip on. And and you take your thumb and you jam it into the magazine and then you pull the slides just back far enough so that yeah it's a big deal uh to do that it's a lot of work it's much easier just doing it the way that uh, i prefer uh we do teach that it is a counting exercise to some degree Mm -hmm. you know i'll say that one of my biggest takeaways about the class and if any of you guys are out there thinking well you know i'm not really a shotgun guy but you're into you know being prepared, having mm-hmm. the knowledge, being you know defense minded. Right now, you can get shotgun ammo. I mean, it's like everything; it's in short yeah. supply, but you can get it. Um, this is a good place to come and train, and working on something that is similar but different to what you normally do isn't going to hurt you. No. You know, just like you're talking about managing, you know, loading off of your kit back onto the the cradle off the cradle into the gun. All those movements, it still applies. You're working through some of those fundamentals. You talk about those things. It's going to benefit you guys taking this class and seeing something a little bit different. We all got shotguns. Yeah. Do we know how to use them? Well, and, and Jared and I uh, joke on occasion uh, about some of my choices in handgun selection and calibers. And uh, my response many times is, oh, battlefield pickup. You know, oh, why do you have a forty caliber? Eh? Battlefield pickups, just in case, you know. Uh, and that's, that's not the most obscure pistol cartridge you might be carrying no, right now. No, uh, but uh, I think strictly from a some point, of your rounds are made by uh, me. No, what is it? Um, Holland and Holland of London? No, no, I, I don't have the, the pleasure of owning a Holland and Holland, but I do have a lot of obscure English rounds. Uh, you know, 360 Rook. Yeah, okay, I got to kind of make that myself. But <laughs> Battlefield Pickup, you know, if you find yourself in a situation where the shotgun is the only available tool and it might not have necessarily even been your shotgun to start, it really is important that you, you're not going into it cold. You know, we, we, it's not always the ideal circumstances. You're not always going to have your trunk gun and your pistol and mm-hmm. all of that. You may get stuck using that Sears and Roebuck, you know, 1928 <laughs> pattern uh, pump shotgun. So what are some of the options for, for ammunition out there? I mean, I think there's three primary ones. You have slugs, buck, and then birdshot. Uh, dragon yeah. breath. <laughs> dragon dragon breath. breath, yeah. Okay. Uh, so you have birdshot, which is great for practice. 
and for birds. Mm -hmm. You know, then that's really the only two things you should be using birdshot for. Uh, buckshot, there's a big, beautiful world of buckshot out there. Uh, personally, I recommend the f anything with the Federal Flight Control Wad, just because that that flight control wad absolutely keeps those pellets together. Uh, we did some patterning with uh, uh, one of the students' shotguns at the last class, and at 25 yards, uh, that was still, you know, in, in a less than a fist size pattern out of his Mossberg 590, which to me is is really impressive. Yeah, yeah, it that is. It certainly outperforms my Wolf Buckshot, you know, which is made by Dynamite Nobile, uh, stupid Euro shotgun ammo. Uh, and then you have slugs, and slugs uh, are never pleasant to shoot, uh, but they serve a purpose, you know, and, and that purpose is to give you right around 50 to 100 yards worth of reach for that shotgun. Will they go farther? Yes. Will you hit anything farther than that? No. You know, are you lucky to hit something at 100 yards? Probably, yes, uh, depending on how your sights are set up. Uh, one important there's there's so much to unpack and talk about with buckshot uh, selection. It, it's hard to get into it here, you know, the various sizes and all that. Uh, I think the, the big takeaway, it's, it's what I run into the most, is there's a difference between good old red-blooded American 12-gauge buckshot size, as in length, and uh, the dirty Euro 12-gauge uh, buckshot. Uh, they're both technically two and three-quarter, but the Euros use a different crimp on the shells. So they are just, you know, that much, maybe a quarter of an inch longer hmm. than the buckshot you buy in the States. Uh, so if you were to throw wolf buckshot into your 590, it would go from a nine round magazine to about an eight and three quarter round magazine. So it's just something to remember. Gotcha. It, it's not, and if, if you buy, when you're, when you're accessorizing, if you buy uh, uh, shotgun caddies, uh, it can be a real problem. You know, I have older shotgun caddies and my wolf buckshot doesn't fit in them, you know, because I haven't spent the money and, and gotten the new style yet. So I got a question for you. Uh, mm -hmm. My dad, who is eternally uh, the Kmart Blue Light Special uh, shopper, he, he swears by getting these, like, mini... Oh, the Aguila like, mini shot shells. I guess, uh, are those things, I mean, are they... I can have twice as many. Yeah, I can that, have twice that, as many. That's exactly what, he, what he's thinking. You really need a special adapter to run them reliably in a, in a pump gun. Uh, they sell that special adapter. Uh, people go crazy over them for that uh, for the, the Mossberg shockwave, you know, because, well, it's little. I believe the shockwave only holds four rounds, and uh, they love using those mini shot shells, probably because you're, you're not setting off a 12-gauge inches from your face, you know. They do, have, they do serve their purpose. Uh, I don't have any problems with them. I have a problem with the fact that I need an accessory that fits into mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. loading gate of, of my shotgun that, you know, Murphy, if that falls out, now I have these little tiny shotgun shells that are just, yeah. they don't feed well. And it's not a really robust piece of hardware. That no, it's, adapter. It, it's a little piece of, print them. yeah, that's what it looked like. Yeah. It was a little piece of plastic. It wasn't something that, yeah. oh, this is machined aluminum, you no. know. No, I mean, all, all it does is, is uh, it's like a magazine. Great space. Yeah, yeah, yeah magazine that, spacer. That was kind of my take on it. I, I wasn't yeah. that impressed. But in my dad's world, my dad's mind, he read or saw somewhere something that it looked great. I think it's just because, oh, now, I, 
I could have five, but now I can have ten. Yeah. And he's not going to try it out. He's not going to do anything with it. He's going to try to set it up and then just leave it in his house and, and expect and it to work when he needs it. You know what? If I'm shooting, uh, if I'm keeping that around as a garden gun, sure. You know, just because I, I, I have that many, I oh, I just, you know, got the rabbit that's been eating my lettuce. Great. Now I don't have to go back and reload because mm-hmm. I only use two rounds. I got eight left. Eh, it's fine. For, it took for, you two rounds to get the rabbit? They're little. Yeah. Well, why not just use one round then? <laughs> I think the point that I was trying to illustrate is you don't have to reload the garden gun as much. How's that? Oh. How's that? I, Not I, that perhaps see, you're a terrible so shot. I took a class once on the shotgun where the instructor told me that one of my primary jobs is to keep feeding the shotgun yes. and keep reloading yes. the shotgun. Yes. It, it was something Captain Caveman or something. I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I say, it, it's... For a tool like a garden gun or something like okay. that. Okay. Yeah, I guess they'll work fine. All right. Yeah, I don't have any problems with them. Uh, well, that you know, leads us into what are some other options that uh, that you like or think are good for the shotgun? I know one is that um, that I'm a huge believer now is that uh, Velcro. So yes. so putting the, you know the Velcro piece with yes. the the, um, the loops. loops. Yeah, the and Velcro then, side saddle. And then you just have yeah, I think. I think they're six. I think the ones we have are six. Yeah. So they, they sell make... them in, in larger sizes and smaller sizes yeah. as well, although I don't know. You know, I'm an American. Why would I want less? Yeah, right. You know? I'm a big fan of the um, that buttstock. The, uh, the speed feed? The speed feed yeah. buttstock. Because a lot of times, you know, if you're thinking about how most people run the shotgun, it's in the closet, it's under the bed, it's mm-hmm. by the bed, it's a grab-and-go thing. Are they grabbing their belt with the you know shotgun rounds on it? I know you are, but uh, m- most like, people most unlike. people are, are you know grabbing that. So yeah. the way that I have mine, I've got the the little side saddle Velcro on, mm-hmm. so that has six rounds, and then I got the four on the in the buttstock, yep. and then what's in the tube? That's a pretty you know I can it's grab that. It, it, it yeah. gives yeah. me a lot of option. Well, not for, for the same reason why the only coupled. Uh, AR mags I have is is for my, my home defense home gun. Defense, yeah. yeah, because I'm going to grab it and go, and I got 60 rounds as a choice. Yeah. The same thing for that shotgun. If that's your home defense, I'm going to want as many rounds in a thing as, as possible, possible because I'm going to grab yeah. it and and go. Yeah, but between the the speed feed and the side saddle and a little uh, match saver on the, on the, this the pump, uh, I have a full reload and then some mm. on the shotgun. And, and really, what that you know, I'm glad you brought the speed feed stock up because I'm a big believer in the speed You feed sold stock. me on it. Yeah. I was very fortunate that the one that I got came with yeah. it. I was going to do that aftermarket, yep. but and, I've been lucky like that lately. Th- the whole idea of the speed feed stock is is there's two little slot or two slots on the stock, one on each side that allows you to uh, uh, jam uh, two rounds into the stock. So you can actually carry four rounds in the stock of the shotgun. Now, I like the speed feed because it allows me... Uh, a larger opportunity to mix loads. Mm-hmm. You know, my my house gun uh, has six rounds of buckshot in the side saddle because the odds of me ever needing anything other than buckshot with that shotgun are slim to none. But just in case, I have two more buckshot rounds in the speed feed and then two slug rounds as well because you never know if I'm going to have to stop a charging elephant trying to get yeah. in the house. So... That, that gives me all kinds of options. Hey, you know, we make that joke, but 
we have a friend that had to deal with a, a raging bull in his city. You know, yeah. I mean, they're, they're big livestock out there. There are. <laughs> Even here there in are. America. So, there you are. know, uh, kind of funny, um, this spring started, you know, things are thawing out. And uh, Pam's on Facebook. Sure enough, someone has a picture of a bear. Uh getting into the, you know, on their little uh, trail cam or whatever in their house. And she's like, this is right by us. And I'm like, yes, yes, we need a 10 mil. We <laughs> need a 10 mil. Um, you know, so it, the idea of having that option, and that's one of the things that the shotgun does for you, is you do have that option. Oh, hey, this is not a situation for double up buck. No. This is a situation for those custom special loads that I made with the steel wool and wax, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. You have that ability, and that's kind of neat. Yeah, uh, and out of the, the side saddle, the one that you 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 mentioned is is the one that I've come to prefer. Uh, that being said, since I'm a creature of habit, my house gun still has a hard saddle on. Yeah, but uh, I think that those Velcro saddles and the I think you were buying SHGI cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's great because it, it gives you the opportunity to jam two fresh cards into a, a, an M4 pouch and it works out great the speed feed stocks great uh i really think having a light on your shotgun is important if you're yeah. using it for home defense absolutely uh you, other than that well one thing i like with shotguns and, and having played with with multiple types um i'd rather just have the old school stock instead of a pistol grip oh i do not like pistol grip yeah. shotguns yeah not at I all don't care for them. The, the only the only exception to that is again my work shotgun which is a well you know, it's a, a small three-round pump that yeah. is is tucked underneath my my. Uh, yeah. um, I, I think the argument uh, uh, between a pistol grip stock shotgun and just a stocked shotgun is that the pistol grip helps you control recoil better. Uh, I don't find I have an issue, and, and I think most of the people who come through my class don't have an issue controlling recoil on a regular stocked shotgun. Well, I just think with. Feeding the shotgun the way that you do and the overall manipulations, that traditional stock just makes it so much more streamlined and so much faster it's, it's than much that pistol grip. It's much easier to roll yeah. that, that gun around so that you can see the loading port and that you can see you know all, all the parts of that shotgun. Uh, the other thing is, with, with the, if you're a member of the Mossberg Master Race, uh, that pistol grip makes it a lot harder to manipulate the safety. Yeah, absolutely. You know, And, and to me, that's... That's what, how I choose a stock. I choose a stock based on how I can manipulate the gun. I'm going to try this one, my new uh, SBS, because mm-hmm. it has that pistol grip. So I'm going to give that a whirl. I, I already can tell you I'm not going to like it, and I'm going to want to change yeah. that stock, but that's just how this one came. Well, and, and I think you're going to have to take a real look at how much you have to change your shooting grip just to manipulate the safety on yeah. that. You know, just because of that just pistol grip. Yeah. Yeah. So that'd be good for a car gun. Yeah. 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 Well, and that's that's why I got it. One, yeah. I couldn't beat the price. Well, could yeah. not beat the price. And then two, it's going to be a specialized tool. It's yeah. not. It, well, it's not going to be living in my bedroom. And I think that's what what Mossberg and and Remington as well was trying to get at with that uh, shock wave, and whatever Remington calls theirs. Uh, I've had people come to the to the shotgun classes trying to use a shock wave for the entire time. And they have regretted it. Oh, yeah. They've regretted it two or three drills in. Uh, That shockwave, it's a neat idea. It looks like a fun toy. But I think from a practicality standpoint, you're kind of giving up what 
the shotgun is best at, which is jack of all trades, you know, and, and you're turning it into a specialized firearm. Uh, do I want to use it to, as an anti-boarding gun in my car? Sure. You know, put that, borders beware if you try and carjack mm-hmm. me. Anything else? No. 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 What are some other options? You mentioned uh, flashlight, completely agree. What about uh, um, sights? Sights, yeah. sights are always it's kind of a, a, a weird topic with shotguns because, you know. Red dot or no red dot? I go with no red dot. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Uh, you know, all my guns have red dots, except for my pistols, and that's just because I'm cheap. And some of your pistols have red dots. Yeah, uh, yes, some of them do. Some yeah. of them do. Uh, I, I like the man that says he's cheap, and yet he has, like, you know, Space Force's next pistol. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, he just spends his money in different places. Different places, yeah. Uh, when it comes to a shotgun, I am a simpler is better. Uh, I don't think that there's any need for the engagement ranges, because I wouldn't, personally don't ever see using that shotgun beyond 25, 25 meters. You know, because if I can help it, I'm not going to leave the house with a shotgun, I'm going to leave the house with a rifle. Yeah. Uh, and so a nice... An infield? An infield, yes. <laughs> I'll take an infield any day. Uh, I think a, a good quality ghost ring sight, or a, like the sights on Jared's uh, uh, SBS over here, uh, a rifle sight, that's fair. Uh, I think the lowest common denominator out of that is the gold bead. Uh, and even the, even the front bead can be more than sufficient. Uh, as long as it's big and bold and it stands out. Uh, red dots, fiber optic? Fiber optic's fine if that's your gig. I, I'm not the world's biggest fan of fiber optics. Uh, I prefer luminous myself, uh, uh, self-luminous rather than fiber optic. But uh, fiber optic works. I have fiber optic sights on my shotgun. And the neat thing about if you have a shotgun with a bead is, you know, if you have a shotgun with a bead and you have a pair of pliers... You have your front sight tool because all you got to do is turn that bead out of there, go to Brownells, order a new front bead, and turn it back in, and you're done. You know, I mean, what what what's better than that using pliers? Uh, I know I've seen people with fancy red dots. I, you know, I've seen people show up with red dots that cost more than I have into my 590. And, well, that's great. You know, more power to you. It's not essential, you know. It's more like gilding than anything else. Like a gold car. Yeah, yeah. The like gold, gold color is not necessary. Mm-hmm. A gold. Now, if you were to purchase a bronze car. A bron- oh yeah, no, that, I can understand that. That, that yeah. makes sense. Gold yeah. is perhaps a little bit yeah. yeah. brown mm-hmm. bronze yeah. car. So, um, I think that where you're saying the self-illuminated versus mm-hmm. fiber optic, you know, we talk about night sights on mm-hmm. pistols being a bad idea because you're not seeing anything. But what you're getting is the fact that it's it's glowing, it's big, it's catching your eye. I don't I don't care. I have night sights on a lot of my pistols. Right? They came with them. No, I, I actually put them on there, yeah. uh, but I have them for a different reason. I, I don't for sure. No. Oh. Well, yeah. Okay. So they for the cool flash. Cool. Look how much extra uh-huh. cash I have. Yeah. You know. Uh-huh. No. And this is from the guy who's like, oh, I don't have the gold car. I want it. I had to settle for the bronze. I had to settle for the bronze. <laughs> no. And and for me, it it's uh, even in. In, in 
uncertain light conditions, I like having that bright, luminous mm -hmm. sight. Uh, when you say night sights, a lot of people get the picture like it's pitch black, I don't have any other light, and all I have is that white dot at the mm -hmm. end of my gun. No, I think that's silly. You know, if it's that dark, you can't identify your target. You should yep. be pulling the trigger. Yep. However, if it's cloudy and gray, and I'm bringing that gun up real quick, I like having that bright, luminous dot. I can still see the target, that kind of thing. And it, it's the same... It's the same for shotgun. And when I say self-luminous, uh, even an ivory bead, you know, uh, uh, way back in uh, Africa and at the turn of the century, you'll notice a lot of uh, the big game guns have ivory front sights, uh -huh. ivory beads, and yeah. it's because that ivory picks the light up yeah. really well and reflects. So when they have to make those snapped shots on those charging tigers, they, they find the front sight. In Africa. That's Yeah, in Africa. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Lions, charging okay. lions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Or so India. India. I, I bring up the, the fiber optic because my first experience with a fail mm -hmm. was a fiber optic on a shotgun. And it was the individual had used some crazy, you know, like, oh, I'll clean my gun with carb cleaner, you know. Oh. And I uh, didn't realize that that's eating the plastic of yeah. the fiber optic. And so, you know, he's like, hey, Chris, can you take a look at this? I don't, I don't know what's wrong with the sights. And I'm looking at him like, well, it's melted. Yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure that the site is not supposed to look like the alien just, you know, bled all over it. Well, um, and that's kind of one of my one of my pet peeves about fiber optic sites is a lot of people do do the, do it themselves. And like we had that pistol class uh, a month or two ago where somebody had a, a very nice pistol with the fiber optic front side. Wait, I, I changed that. That was a Springfield, wasn't it? With a fiber optic. Yes. Okay, so yes. I changed the very nice pistol part. Somebody had a pistol <laughs> with, with a fiber optic front sight and uh, a typical Springfield with, quality control. Within, what, the second drill? Yeah. The, the front sight post was the gone? Yeah, the, the fiber yeah, optic. The fiber optic just gone. So, and I know from do, a Do I know who you're talking about? No, no. No. And it was a, it was a factory gun. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was... Nice, nice gentleman. Yeah, totally not his you know, fault. Okay, and okay. He, totally he's in fault. there. You know, he was shooting okay, and then he's not. And yeah. you know, he there was enough stressors on him that he didn't realize what the problem was until he looked, took a second, and he's like, "Hey, I'm missing my front sight." Yeah, yeah, just the fiber optic part, which uh, is of course I the good part. I was training some. I was on the job, the, the other job, wearing okay. the other hat, yeah. the, the green hat. Yeah, and I was training some foreign nationals and uh their country had bought them a lot of very nice and expensive equipment yeah but they had no comprehension how to maintain this equipment so they all had brand new glock 19s and they're like why aren't these working why are we having problems <laughs> i'm like i don't know let me see what, what's up and they looked fine and i'm like you know i couldn't quite I mean, they actually look kind of clean i couldn't like figure it out like well what are you doing oh well after we shoot them we take them and i think they mix diesel and something yeah, else yeah. and they submerge we, the guns we, in it we clean them in benzene yeah yeah yes. yeah exactly so the soft plastic on the inside is now melting because yeah uh -huh. it's not designed for them like are you and, hey on an ak yes clean your ak please. in benzene yes that you know it actually is it's good for you know clock 19 mm, not so much probably not well that, that that's horrifying <laughs> That is that is absolutely horrifying. Uh -huh. So, anyways, we're talking about shotguns. Yeah, right? shotguns uh -huh. and red dot sights. <laughs> so, I think your money is better spent if if you're buying a shotgun for home defense. I think your money is is much better spent uh, on something other than a red dot. Sight. I think a light. I think yeah. you should yeah. nail it, a good light and polish that bead. As yeah. long as you can pick up that front sight, 
yep. you're good. You don't need to waste the money on, I mean, even a... A, a, a T1 micro. Yeah. Or, or when I say even waste the money, like a, a Hollow Sun or a Sig Romeo or mm-hmm. something that is, you know, that $200 mark, put that money into a good light. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and, you know, there's plenty of good lights out there. What you really want to put your money into is a good mount. Uh, because lights hold up just fine until they're no longer on the shotgun. And it's not the light's fault that it's not on that shotgun anymore. Uh, multiple, multiple times I've, I've had people show up to class and, you know, three or four drills into it, I have to dodge a flying flashlight. So you're saying that my Miami Vice electrical tape is not, no, a, that, not a viable method? Honestly, I use the two popsicle sticks method. Honestly, it might be better than some of the mounts that I've seen <laughs> just because there's some give in it, you know. But I have seen a, a lot of cheap Chineseium mounts people got from Amazon holding in some very expensive flashlights mm-hmm. that simply give up the ghost. You know, uh, stripped screws, mm-hmm. uh, actual cracked housings, all of that. And not to not to pick on Magpul because I I do like Magpul. What they do right, they do really very, well. Very really right. Well. What they don't do right, yeah. You find someone else that makes that product. Yeah. And and what I see is people who buy the the Magpul shotgun forends, which are excellent. I can not recommend those those shotgun forends forearms for for Magpul more. But then people say, oh well, there's accessory slots on them, so they'll buy the Magpul polymer light kit. And then put that on their shotgun and then put a light on that and wonder why after three or four drills, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's drunkenly it's, hanging yeah. off of it. Exactly. You know? So, yeah. But buy your shotgun. Get your carriage straightened out. Get your shell carriage straightened out. And then get a good quality light. Make sure your front sight is visible and you're good to go. You know? What are some of the common uh, struggles that students have at class? The biggest struggle, other than uh, uh, holding that boat, boat anchor up uh, uh, while doing reloads, is shell carriage and, and reloads. And the ease of your reloads are directly related to where you're carrying those shells, right? If you show up and you have some of uh, California Competition Works, uh, some of their great shell caddies or strippers or whatever you want to call them, you're going to be way ahead in, in your reloads of the guy who shows up worst case is thinking to himself okay i have buckshot in my right front pocket Mm -hmm. i have birdshot in my left front pocket you know that's the big how many times has josie taken that class a couple of times hasn't he three i think yeah Yeah. and he started i think with i'm going to put shells in my my pockets my pockets yeah Yeah. and for those who don't know he's he's my third son yeah um how old is he now he is uh 16 16 okay that's what i thought so um he's coming this time in he now has some of those caddies he's and he's going to be yeah. kitted out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's great. Uh, you know, like everything, having the right gear to manipulate and, and to, to, to work that shotgun is, is always important. And those shell caddies are, are a big part of that or just some kind of shell carry. For me, that was awesome to go to that class and see what you use mm-hmm. because there's a lot of stuff out there and I've looked at it and reading reviews, mm-hmm. but actually getting my hands on it and trying yeah. it out and be like, okay, yeah, that, that is effective. And I, yeah. I do like that system. That was very beneficial. For See, me. one of the things that I 
you know, in taking that class, I figured I'm, and that's why I don't have shell caddies is I'm never going to, if I use this thing for to defend myself, I'm not taking the time to put on a shell caddy. So exactly. I'm, I'm going to work out of uh, like a bag or, or, or something where I'm going to be pulling those rounds from that for me. And I put them in my booting cap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. In your exactly. booting cap. That makes Pulling more sense kill. to, yeah. for my scenario. Um, but Josie, who loves that system now and, mm-hmm. and prefers it over, I think, any other firearm that he, he shoots, uh, he, he's all in. Well, and, and hopefully he's got a nice, quick disconnect belt mm-hmm. that he just, you know, if, if he were ever to need that, he'd grab the 12-gauge the and he can grab his quick disconnect belt with all those caddies yep. on it. Yep, and, and He's good to go. Uh, I, that's That's so important and so overlooked, you know. So that that's really what I would say people struggle with. And it's not even a skill struggle. It's more of a, I, I don't have it struggle, you know, because the skills we can fix. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the p- things people initially have issues with are uh, how to hold, correctly hold the shells in your fingers. Yeah. You know, because there, there's, there's a thousand different ways and there's one best way. Uh, that, that, that's what I would say, you know, that, that's what you're going to struggle with. And it is a tiring class. Yeah. It does, it does require some stamina. So, uh, show up with some shell carriage that, and, and, and know how to use it. Okay. Or come and learn. Or come and learn. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's, you know, I've, I've made, like many of us, I, I've made a lot of sometimes impulsive and sometimes, wow, that looks cool purchases over the last, you know, 20 some odd years. So I have all this stuff. And with shotgun, more than, than any other class, I, I try to make a point to bring my Home Depot bucket full of failed experiments, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. just so people can, can get a, a, a feel for it. You know, I have my shell caddies. I have my, you know, 899 Amazon.com shotgun shell belts. You know, I have all of that stuff with me just so you can get an idea. Uh, and, and you're right, it is something it, valuable. If you guys haven't had the experience of seeing good equipment versus bad equipment, that's another benefit right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I, I make it a point to bring both. I, I have seen people show up with bags. Bags is a notorious one. They will find, oh, it's an assault pack. You know, it's in the London Bridge style, you know, three-day assault pack. With single stitching? Single stitching. Yeah. And um, I just... Pam found one on Amazon, and it was like $12. It's like, normally $50. I'm like, grab it. Grab it, grab it, grab it, because I want to talk about this. I want mm-hmm. to show people. When you're looking at the equipment, you, <laughs> yeah. there's a reason that one costs $12 and one costs 120 Yeah. And when, you, when we're talking about this type of equipment, yeah, I'm not going to the beach with this stuff. No. You know, if I'm going to the beach and I just need to sell some beach towels and my flip-flops and my little sand bucket, that's okay. But I'm talking about stuff that is going to defend my family. I am I want the best stuff. Yeah. And uh, sometimes the best stuff isn't always the most expensive. No, you know? and it, so it you, isn't. And you have to, you really have to get it, your, try and get your hands on it, play with it, find out. And I, like I said, that's... I'm like Jared. I'm not a shotgun guy. Yeah. I, I, I have them. I enjoy them. I like the concept. Uh, but if I need to do anything work-related, I'm grabbing that AR-15. Yeah. And that is, and there's a reason my AR-15 that I grab right now is set up exactly like mine that I ran while I was active duty. 
the the manual of arms is so ingrained in my head that I can focus on other things. Yep. Um, but yeah, get get out there and try that stuff out. Well, it, it's funny you mentioned that the best stuff isn't always the most expensive stuff. One of the most useful things that I found for at least for teaching comes from the clay world. Uh, the, those pouches where you can jam a whole box of shells in there in the box. Well, that's a great idea because what I I've done on several occasions I've taken a box a birdshot dumped the box of birdshot out, put that box in there, and then just layered buckshot in. You know, as long as it's all facing the same direction and I'm aware of what direction it's, it's facing, when I go down to scoop three or four rounds out of it, it all comes out the right way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're like $15, $20. Yeah. You know, and, and it, it's it's a good buy. We, we, I have all of that stuff. And sadly, I drag it with me everywhere. I go. <laughs> so, um... What goes on in the day two? I haven't seen the day two. The day two is is a little more physical. Uh, we actually start running. Uh, we run. Yes. Like like a mile. No. Like two miles. Well, you might run Five a mile. Miles. I'm not making it a mile. Okay. Uh, All right. I, I mean, I, yeah. you heard the like question. I don't know. You've lost a lot of weight. Uh-huh. Like you may yeah. be doing marathons I now. Mean, it's I don't know. That's unlikely. Let me know I, if you're going to start go. doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Day two, we, we, we start talking about moving and shooting. Uh, we start shooting around barricades, start teaching uh, how to fight from the ground, that sort of thing. <laughs> uh, it, it's really analogous to our uh, combat marksmanship carbine class mm-hmm. in that way, except that it's just day one. It's just one day rather than two. Yeah. Uh, so we do movement drills. I, I, I like the movement drills because with shotgun, we have a little more opportunity to uh, uh, add stressors for the movement drills. You know, you guys with the ARs, you're just shooting an AR. Well, mm, okay, now you're shooting clays down this way. Now you turn right. Now you're shooting buckshot. You know, you get to the end of there, and now you need to engage with, with slugs. With the slugs, yeah. So there's a little more to it. And fighting from cover, which I, I think, you know, learning how to use barricades, that kind of thing, I think that's really important because a lot of people don't do it. And I... Th- I I think particularly with a shotgun, it's something that you need to look at just because you're in weird positions. You know, you can flip that AR over on its side and just hold it, keep it right with just, you know, the pocket of your shoulder and the sling and shoot that. I would not try that with a shotgun. Yeah, I would not try that with a shotgun. So we we spend some time going slowly and carefully through the shooting positions around the barricades, especially when we get down on the ground mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So, uh, so, you know, so pain is the best teacher, but I, I do try and avoid permanent injury. Yeah. So, so that day one, they're really learning how to manipulate. Yeah, day one's all about manipulating. And figure out how to run and keep that shotgun fed. Yep. And then you could say then the day two, that's... Now you're introducing now you're learning them, to fight with it. And you're introducing them into the real world yep. where there's you have to move and where there are obstacles yep. and, and barricades and stuff. Um, I don't know if I told you that, but you you suggested a, a thrower. Yeah. So we, we've got that. So we'll be oh, able good, to start. Good. It'll get transported out to to the range to our storage area. So you'll be able to use that for Excellent. all those classes. Because is it, Ben going to be permanently out there then? <laughs> yes, he'll, he'll be out there to to, to man that. To man that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know if we'll get into that with, with day one, yeah. but definitely with the day two. Yeah. Uh, and that is the rabbit thrower, Yes, right? okay, yes, that so is Okay, so none correct. of the silly things sailing clearly in it. No, the rabbit throwers, have you ever used? Yes, yeah. yes, I have. We did it with the pistol. It was a lot of fun. Oh, God, that's... 
A lot of fun. Yep. Yeah. yeah. A lot of stress. So what are, if you can recall, what are some of the most rewarding experiences you've had out there running this class? Well, no, I think some of the most rewarding stuff is, is when you get people coming back mm-hmm. to take that same class over and over. Well, we have you know, the one individual who, my goodness. He comes every just year, to, sometimes twice yeah, a year. Yeah, just to take that class because yeah. he doesn't get the repetition any other way. Yeah, and, and like I don't get a lot of repeat customers in my, my carbine or my pistol class yeah. because you know they've, they've moved on to other stuff. But uh, with the shotgun, the shotgun is so heavily reliant on manipulation and nobody practices with it. You know, it, it's great to see, and, you know, he's not the only one who's come back multiple mm-hmm. times. Uh, it's great to see that. That's really rewarding. Don't hate me, you know, because this is going to sound terrible. But this shotgun class isn't about as much hitting the target because you know you're going to hit the target. We're not shooting from a long way away. This is not like a, a, a clover leaf at 300 yards class. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is more about manipulation uh, learning how to manipulate it, learning how to load, learning how to, learning how to do it safely. Because at the ranges we're shooting at, you're putting you know basketball-sized holes in this target. So it's not a fine marksmanship by uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But I love seeing people get when that light switch comes on, when they figure out, oh wow, mm-hmm. you know, I had a guy tell me, you know, I was a little scared when he started talking about loading the magazine, and you know, like you, you showed off how you were able to do. Uh, have four shells in your hand and just get them all into the magazine with your one hand. And I, I'll never be able to do that. It's like, I can do three at a time now. Like, well, that's great. It's been like eight hours. Good, yeah. You know, yeah. good job. It, it's it's great to see that. Uh, like all of the classes that I teach, uh, for me, the, the, the most rewarding thing is, is seeing progression from, you know, not knowing much at all or knowing absolutely nothing to uh, uh, leaving a competent and safe shooter. Yeah. You know, because that that's a big part of it for me. So that that's what I like to see. Well, thank you, Kirk. Uh, it's it's been a good time for those of you who are listening uh, right now on the website. We have May fifteenth, which is going to be this coming Saturday from the time you're hearing this podcast. That's our level one class. Uh, then we have August eleventh is our personal security day. I think that's a Wednesday, and that's uh, the personal security. Uh, out of that week, that's when we're doing the shotgun. And then August 21st on the website is our level two class. Now, in addition to that, um, we will be adding at least one more level one class this year, as well as we've started our, our skills classes, which are three hours long at, at the end of uh, of a normal day. So they usually start around five and go to 8 p.m. Um, we've done pistol and, and rifle. Those classes are already up, but we're going to add one or two um, shotgun skills classes up there. They're not on the website yet, so but be looking. We will be adding those uh, this year. So it gives you plenty of opportunities to grab that scatter gun of yours, come on out, and, and get some training. Again, thank you, and uh, from all of us here, you guys stay safe. We'll talk to you next time. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. It's a 12-gauge double-barreled Remington, S-Mart's top of the line.